So we're going to start a, a series today entitled Mind Games. Mind Games. Now, growing up, uh, there were uh, times that, that I would uh, maybe be in a relationship, and, and that girl always wanted to play mind games. She wanted to um, always keep me guessing. Uh, you, and you have people in your life that you just never really know what they're thinking, and they, they want to try to make you believe something that maybe really isn't true. And so they attack your mind, and they, and they begin to, to try to keep you guessing. Well, the enemy is the same way. He wants to control your mind. So over the next several weeks, we're going to, to look at what we can do to help control and stop the mind games that the enemy wants to play with us. And this morning we're going to look at renewing our mind. And we're going to take a story out of, found in Joshua chapter 6. But before we get there, a, a verse that we have uh, actually looked at the last three weeks, and we're going to expound on it a little bit more, is found in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. And it says, Do not be to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, for many of us, when we come to Christ, when we make that decision to become a, a follower of Christ, we think that that's it. We think that it's, it's a one and done. Okay, I've made that decision, and now I am. it's over. But the reality is, it's not that way. And what we don't realize is, is we don't realize that we still are going to have issues. So when we get saved or we become a follower of Christ and these issues come up in our life, many of us think, well, maybe, maybe I just really didn't get saved. Maybe, maybe just, it just didn't take. But when we look at this verse, we realize that it did. Your decision to follow Christ was a real decision. But the issue now is, is that we must constantly be renewing our mind. And some people can never get traction in their Christian life because they can't renew their mind. But if we're going to follow Christ, it is absolutely important. It is imperative that we renew our minds daily. Many of you know that I do computer work. And um, one thing that companies want to do is they are very uh, well encouraged to have what they call firewalls. And what a firewall is, is it is a, a system that will keep computers or people from hacking their computers. And if they don't have that, they can get in trouble. When you talk about and you read about people who, who install firewalls, they can go in the next morning and they can look at how many people have tried to attack that company. They can see where all the attacks come from, and they can see uh, where they originated and how many times that, that people, just through the course of one night, have tried to get into this computer system. How many people have ever had your Facebook hacked? I'm all the time seeing people say, "If do not accept any requests from this person because it's not me. There's those of you here that have had that happen to you, and you feel violated. It's like, who is this imposter? And, and their trick is, is they'll get people to accept this friend request, and then they'll start instant messaging them, asking them, 
for money or, or for this kind of thing. And, and, and when the person that's been hacked finds out, they feel violated. So what we have to do is, is understand that we are susceptible to being hacked. The enemy is continually trying to attack our mind. He is continually trying to keep us from realizing who we are in Christ. He's wanting to stop us from operating the way that God intended us to operate. He doesn't want us to gain traction. He, lo- he likes for us to always feel like that we're walking on ice. But can I tell you that renewing your mind gives you traction to your Christian walk. Someone sent me a picture last week as they were trying to get here from uh, during the, the blizzard of 2019 that, that came upon us last week. And um, so they sent me a picture, and it was a, a picture of them driving down the road, and the hashtag on it was, hashtag, I need new tires. They realized that, that during this storm that the tires that they had on their vehicle wasn't going to, were not going to be sufficient for them during the winter months. And if you've ever driven on what, what we like to call bald tires, it is a dangerous situation. It is a scary situation. But trying to live our Christian life with no traction is a dangerous situation. What we have to do is, is when the enemy attacks us, we have to have things in our life to help prevent. Realize you still have issues, but we have to get rid of the strongholds, our way of thinking. So some of you are sitting here right now and you're trying to figure out, is that me? Is that me? Am I being attacked constantly by the enemy? And if you're wondering that, I want you to ask yourself these three questions. First question is, am I attacked in my self-worth and self-image? Is the enemy constantly attacking you, telling you that you're not good enough, telling you that you're not pretty enough, telling you that you're not smart enough, telling that, that, that you do not deserve God's love or the love of anyone for that matter? Am I attacked in my self-worth and my self-image? Secondly, am I controlled by fear, doubt, or worry? Am I controlled by fear, by doubt, or by worry? And thirdly, am I a hostage to unhealthy emotions? Am I a hostage to unhealthy emotions? So this morning, if that is you, Here's what you need to know. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity, those thoughts that the enemy places in your mind, giving them to Christ. In Joshua chapter 6, we see and we know 
the story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. If you haven't read it, you've probably seen the movie. How many people have seen the movie? Charlton Heston, you know, plays Moses, great Moses. You know, let my people go, they, the plagues and the crossing of the Red Sea. And so the children of Israel went from Egypt, crossed the Jordan, to Jericho. So they were slaves in Egypt. God brought them out. He brought them to the Jordan. And the Jordan is a, is a picture of where Jesus was baptized. Where the Holy Spirit came upon him. When he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, the dove ascended. He said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. After, he cro- after they crossed the Jordan, the first city that they came to, to capture, was Jericho. And when we look at this, this is a picture of us. We were slaves to sin. But God freed us when we made a decision to follow after Him. And then He fills us with His Spirit, and then He brings us to Jericho. The next step for every believer is Jericho. And the problem is, as many times we do not handle it well. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 says this, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Now to me, this is a picture of sometimes what happens in our mind. Our mind becomes shut up. And we have the lies that are on the inside, the truth that is on the outside, but we can't get the lies out and the truth in. But in our Christian life, God is saying, you need to conquer your Jericho. You need to learn to walk in victory. So how do you do that? The first thing that you must do is you need to identify the king. Identify what it is that's controlling your mind. Joshua chapter 6 verse 2 says this. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. Anytime that you want to get traction in your life, anytime that you want to to have gain in your life, you must find out what the king actually is. What is the root? Who is in control of your thinking? Many of you think, well, maybe it's, it's alcohol. Alcohol is the king. No, it's just a symptom. Maybe you think, well, it's how I view myself. It's how I see myself. It's my self-worth. It's, it's who I am. But no, maybe it's because of the, you were violated at a young age and, and you think that the only way to, to, uh, of your self-worth, the way you look at it, is the way that men treat you. The issue is, is, is that you see yourself and, you, and when you can begin to realize that He is your peace, He is your comfort. It's not that alcohol that's going to deliver you. Realize that God is in control. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10 says this, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. And what happens when we come to Christ, these things have to happen. You've got to to root out some things. You have to pull down some things. Some things have to be destroyed in your life. When we uh, bought this building, when we went in and looked at it, there were some things that we realized that were going to have to change. Some of that 19, I don't even know when paneling was invented. Too long ago. 
Some of that stuff that we looked at, we thought, in order to get where we're going to go, we want to go, this thing, you know, there's going to have to be a sledgehammer involved. There's going to have to be some things that are, that are torn down, some things that are destroyed. You watch some of these programs and, you know, 30-minute programs where they go in and remake a whole house. And you have, you know, the big reveal in a 30-minute program. Well, can I tell you that it doesn't happen that way? We've been working on this building since it seems like I was three years old. Some of you are sitting there trying to do the math in your head. That would be for 25 years. Father, forgive me, I've sinned. That's for some of that forgiveness that Dayton was talking about. But we see it on TV and it's a 30-minute program. And they come in and they think, oh, this is awesome. Thank you so much. We, the same thing happens in our life. When we start doing and going through these processes, we want it to happen in a 30-minute program. We think, well, you know, God, could that have happened and can it have happened yesterday? But we need to learn to, to root out some generational issues and to pull down some lies and to destroy some relationships and to tear down some belief systems. And the first thing that we must do when we come to our Jericho is we must weaken the walls. Weaken the walls. What do you mean by that? Joshua chapter 6 verse 3 says, You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do for six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpet. So they marched around the city six times in six days. And then on the seventh day, they marched around seven times. You see, they realized that what it was that was keeping them from taking their city was that wall. That wall that had been built around the city. So the, the first thing that they understood and God told them to do was, that wall has to come down. It needs to be weakened. And in your life, you need to realize what it is, that wall that's been built around your mind that is allowing the truth from getting in and the lies from escaping. And once you identify the stronghold, once you identify what it is, then you need to put a, 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 a consecrated effort in a concentrated area. If you're eaten up with guilt, which is one of the ways that the enemy attacks you and attacks us, you, be, you feel guilty. When you make a mistake, you feel guilty. Man, if I wouldn't have done that, if I would have just, you know, I'm just not worthy. And you feel all this guilt and this condemnation. When you feel that, you need to understand and learn about and read about and sing about and testify to the grace of God. That's the way that you begin to weaken the walls. Study about it. Live in it. Walk in it. But until you, wait, until you weaken the walls of guilt, you're not going to be free. You've got to begin to build walls of grace. You see, salvation is instant, but renewing is over time. Salvation is instant. When you ask Christ to come into your life, that happens instantly. He promises us that. But the renewing is over time. 
the growing that was talked about this morning, it's over time. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 through 23 says this, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put off the old man. Realize that the grace of God is there. Realize that that thing, that wall that has been built can be brought down. But you have to realize what it is and begin to put a concentrated effort on bringing it down. In Joshua, in the same story, chapter 6, it says, But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day. And they marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day only they marched around the city seven times. And then verse 20 says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people of Jericho, then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. They realized that it was that wall that was keeping them from their victory. They listened to what God told them, and they did as He said. And they put an effort toward bringing down that wall, to taking back what God had given them, to taking back what God had said was theirs. But the issue is, is we can get free, but it's important that we stay free. You can take ground, but you need to keep the ground. You ever heard the old saying, you know, I, I, it seems like I take one step forward and then two steps back? That's not the way God intended it to be. He intends us to take one step forward and then another step and then another step. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says this, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. He said in this word meditate, Observe, and then you will become prosperous, and you will have success. Advance, take the ground, hold the ground, meditate on it. Surround yourself with people who are supporting you. Get in a life group. Get in a life group. Get around people that will help tear the walls down in your life and in your mind. You see, breakthrough comes with follow-through. As we talked about this morning, many, uh, many of us maybe have made a New Year's resolution. We're going to eat better. We're going to start to work out. We're going to, to have more biblical discipline. But many times in our life, we get to that point and we start it, but then we don't follow through. And any time that you, that you are going to lose ground is when you stop following through. The things that you have developed in your life over the last 21 days, when you've put things before the things that, that you crave, 
You have to keep following through. Those spiritual disciplines that you begin to, to do, maybe the first 15 of reading the Word five minutes, listening to worship or worshiping for five minutes, praying for five minutes, that shouldn't stop because the 21 days is over. Because when you do that, everything that you gained... Somebody told me this morning, I've lost five pounds on Weight Watchers, and here I'm sitting, eating a piece of this Mountain Dew cake. And my words were, that's your reward for losing five pounds. It's your cheat day, right? Everybody loves the cheat days. But we begin to lose ground when we stop following through what we started. The second thing we must do is we must watch our words. Watch our words. Joshua chapter 6 verse 5 says this, It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat. It says six days be silent. And then on the seventh day, shout. They were following and watching their words. They were listening to what God said. He said, for six days, be silent. In other words, don't speak until I tell you to speak. And too many times in our life, we want to speak what we're thinking or what we're feeling. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, then stay silent. I mean, the the enemy bombards my mind with thoughts. I don't consider myself a sinful man. But every day, the enemy bombards my mind with thoughts. And I want to tell you, it's not wrong when the enemy throws fiery darts at your mind. That's not wrong. He's going to fire them every day. Just like we were talking about that firewall. Every day, every day, people, they're attacking, trying to get in. That's the way the enemy's going to do you. And that's not wrong. That doesn't mean that you're not doing something right. But when they hit my mind, I just don't say them. I don't claim them. I tell my feelings to stay silent. And I've learned that that if I will just shout God's words and not my fears. Shout and claim His promises and not what I'm feeling or not what I'm thinking. Because what we recite, we reinforce. What you recite, what you speak, you reinforce. We're trying to to weaken the walls, not strengthen them. So I watch what I say. I watch what I claim. I know that the Bible says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So how does the devil get to us? It's with our words. It's when you begin to agree with what he's saying. When you're building a building, you begin to put up, we got any brick layers here? Cinder block layers? You lay those cinder blocks on each other. If you don't put any mortar in them, man, I've turned into Bob Vila. If you don't put any mortar in that, you can walk right over and just push them over, can't you? 
because they're not solid. They haven't been put together. But when you put the mortar in them, then it becomes strong. Then you can't just go push it over. Because they're, that's what keeps them up. It's not the brick, it's the mortar. And can I tell you that, that our words are the mortar for the walls and the bricks and the blocks that the enemy gives you every day? He's going to give them to you. He's going to stack them up real nice. But when they're nothing because they can be pushed over. But when you begin to speak it with your mouth, when you begin to put that mortar on the bricks that he's giving you, then they become strong. You need to, to realize and stop speaking your fears. Stop claiming your fears. Stop thinking about and speaking the worst case scenario. Believe me. Every morning that I wake up, that worst case scenario is in my mind. What if? What if? What if we can't get in by March 10? What if? What if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen? Every day. Why? Because the enemy is trying to, to, to hinder, discourage, control my thoughts and my mind. And when that happens, you need to speak. You need to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am made in the image of God. Silence your thoughts and shout His word. Silence your thoughts and shout His word. That's the only way it's going to happen. Our thoughts, we're carnal. The enemy is going to put them there. Don't claim them. Don't speak them. Claim his word. Next, we need to live a renewed lifestyle. A renewed lifestyle. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 says this, Therefore we were buried with him through the baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. It says we should walk in the newness of life. Of life. In other words, I do not live the way that I used to live. I do not respond the way that I used to respond. How will you know that you're continually renewing your mind? How will I know that, that I've, I'm bringing down the strongholds? How will I know that? Joshua chapter 6 verse 18 says this, And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed. When you take off the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. <clears throat> How will I know? It says, abstain from the accursed things. When you begin to walk in the newness of life, you're not the same person anymore. You're living a restrained life. When someone cuts you off in traffic, you say, praise God anyway. If you can get to that point, you are well on your way. The enemy knows how to attack me. seems like every day, every day, I get behind or around the worst driver in America. Anybody see the study that came out that just was posted a couple of days ago? 
that said that the, uh, the worst drivers in America are Ohio. Everybody had always said that. Uh, now they've got a study to prove it. And I always tell people my address is Ohio, but that is not where I'm from. But when you can get around people and, and things can happen, or you maybe you're tempted with those things in your life that used to, to bring you down, and you can abstain from that. When you do not have those emotional outbursts, when you don't get mad and put your hand through a wall, if you're going to do that, make sure that you don't hit a stud. Find the drywall where it's weak and hit it. Don't try a brick wall. Anybody ever did that? Don't tell on yourself. I know at least one person here has in their former life. But when you stop having those emotional outbursts, you're renewing your mind. Now, does that mean you're never going to mess up? Of course not. But you're going to be able to say, I don't drink like that anymore. Why? Because I have a peace that passes all understanding. I understand that it is robbed from my life. That's when you begin to have traction. That's when you begin to make progress. That's when you take one step forward and you don't take two steps back. So you say, that's me. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? In the beginning, we talked about how companies are required and they need to build firewalls. I just heard a story about probably two weeks ago of a multi-billion dollar business who did not have the appropriate protection, the appropriate firewall. They found a way in. And it wreaked havoc on their computer system. Destroyed it. Nothing they can do. Backups, everything. We're talking about, we're not talking about Gibbs hardware down here. We're talking about a multi-billion dollar company. I'll let you know, it doesn't matter how small or how large that you are in the body of Christ, you're going to be attacked. You think, well, I'm just, you know, I'm not a pastor, so he's going to leave me alone. doesn't work that way the enemy doesn't care they just want to wreak havoc these people didn't get anything out of just the joy of seeing on the news that a multi-billion dollar company had been destroyed because of what had happened that's the way the enemy he looks at you and he just rejoices in the fact, hey, I got another one. I'm destroying another one. So what do you need to do? What did that company have to do? They did the only thing they could do. I, I guess they had two choices. They could have said, well, the company's been destroyed. Just shut the doors. We'll just give up. That wasn't a, 
a good answer. They did the only thing they could do. They hit the reset button. And the beautiful thing about computers are, just had to do this last night. There's a button that you can go and you can click. When that happens, you start seeing this spinning circle. And that button says, Restore to Factory Default. Restore and make it like it was in the way that it was supposed to be when it was designed. There's some of you here this morning that you need to hit the reset button. You're at a point in your life right now and you think, man, I was following Christ and everything was going so well and then something happened and knocked me off course and now I'm way over here and, and I guess I really wasn't ever following Him. No, He's just saying you need to renew your mind. You need to, to begin to, to build a, a, a firewall around your mind to let out what needs to get out and to let in what needs to be in. A firewall on a system, you actually can go in and you say, hey, allow this traffic in. These things are good. We need these things to operate. Allow this traffic out. But everything else, keep out. But if you're to a point in your life and you think everything's destroyed, God wants to remind you and let you know this morning that He loves you. And it doesn't matter what happened Six months ago, six years ago, six minutes ago. What he's concerned about is right now, right in this moment. He said, let me renew your mind. The first part of that verse is, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Tell God, God, I am yours. I am yours. I want to follow after you. And then he says he will begin to allow us to renew our minds. With every head bowed, with every head bowed and every eye closed. I was talking with someone this morning. I said, I have such a sense of expectation for this series. Why? It's nothing because I know how the enemy operates. And I know and I understand that he wants to control my mind. He wants to control your mind. He doesn't want us to know that we can be free, that we can take ground, and that we can keep it. It's not an accident that you're here this morning. It absolutely is not. God doesn't work that way. No, what God does is, is He looks down the road and He said, here's my child that is struggling so bad. They need to hear this. I believe that. So if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, that's me. The enemy is attacking me every second of every day. He's trying to keep me from operating the way that God 
wants me and intended me and promised me that things should be. He's trying to keep me from that. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The awesome thing about God is, is it can happen. When you raise your hand, you can, it's not, well, I hope God can do something. When you purpose in your heart and you say, God, I'm going to present myself as a living sacrifice. I'm going to give everything that I have to being a follower of you. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to stop letting the bad stuff in. Start letting the bad stuff out. Putting the truth in. I'm going to stand on your word. God accepts you right where you are. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, that's me. I've told you several times that when it comes to closing a service, I always struggle with the best way to do it. Sometimes, honestly, I'll tell you, I, I just, I really don't know until I'm standing here in that moment. I try my best to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I believe this morning that if you raised your hand, that the first step to starting to start to weaken those walls is to come down and let us pray. We're going to pray that when the fiery darts come your way, that you, you don't speak them. You don't allow them into your life. And we're going to pray that those strongholds will begin to be torn down. You say, I don't like to be in front of people. When you get desperate enough, when you make up your mind, you say, you know what? I don't care what anybody else thinks, what anybody else says. I need free. I need to, to be free. I need to walk in the freedom that God promised me. And there's nothing more that I want for your life than that. And if I want it for you, I can promise you that God wants it so much more. Just as the children of Israel were held captive, He wanted to bring them out. He wanted to deliver them. He wanted to give them the promised land. So if you're here this morning and you raised your hand, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to walk down the steps and let us pray. As I begin to pray, I'm going to pray, and then you just come as I'm praying, and then we're going to pray as a church. We're going to believe God for what He promised. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you right now. Enemy, I come against the thoughts right now that you're placing in people's minds, the doubts, the questions, the lies, the fears. 
God, I believe right now that you want to set people free. The enemy wants to keep us captive to our thoughts. The enemy wants to keep us bound, chained. But God, you want to deliver us. So right now, God, I Holy Spirit, I pray that you move on hearts. Allow people to know that the first step to freedom is having people to agree. God, you said that if, if any two would agree on as touching one thing, that it shall be done. And God, that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to agree and we're going to believe that the enemy is a liar. He is the father of all lies. And that my God, Father, that you, you tell us the truth. God, we're trusting in you. God, we're believing you for those people that took this step. Father, we're going to believe together. God, that you're going to deliver. Anyone else before we begin to pray? God wants to set you free. If you're still there, if you feel led, you can come down and help us pray. If not, stretch your hands this way. Believe for these people that have walked down here this morning that need to be set free. They're depending on you. Pray as if this was your child. 